Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Dylan at Thunderchest, and I'm here to tell you that football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network. I am in a different spot that I normally record, so uh, pay no mind to the to the bland backdrop in the background. But um, speaking of bland backdrops, I am joined by uh, somebody who is driving in the car right now. You can't see his face. You just see an avatar. It's the one, the only Maddie Moles. Moles, how's it going, brother? It's going pretty good, man. I just uh, got done at a guy's event uh, at church, and so I'm on my way home just a few minutes away from that. So I'll be cracking a bourbon and talking basketball with my boys. So ready to do this thing. Happy Friday, y'all. There you go, man. And uh, he said his boys. That means there's somebody else on here. So uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, which, you know, if you're not following us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, uh, OKC Topic Thunder Podcast. Um, We are also joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the underscore Connor Cone. What up, Cone? Not much. Happy that Thunder Basketball is back. It was a really fun game for the first one that we'll talk about a lot. Uh, I'm sad that we had the two days off in a row because a lot of teams are playing their second game right now. And mm-hmm. I'm sad because I want to watch us play again because it was a lot of fun. But we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be fine. I'm just, you know, needy, I guess. Yeah, it it sucks, man. I, I woke up this morning and, like, you know, I, I went to work. I ran my first stop and whatnot. And usually after that, that's when I do my game day tweet. And uh, I, <laughs> I thought it was game day. And I went to ESPN app to, like, you know, double check and like, sure enough, we didn't have a game today. And I, like, I spent, I spent probably the whole week thinking that we played Wednesday and then Friday. But yeah, it sucks. But you know, hey, like you said, man, we did have Thunder basketball return. We had him. Uh, there was a game that was played against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which came down not to the wire, but came down to close to the end of the wire. And uh, you know, there was a lot to kind of take away from it and a lot to you know be excited and be encouraged about. So we're going to get into that with the segment we call the single large item. All right, Cone. So as I discussed in previous podcasts, uh, I didn't get to watch this game because it was my 10-year anniversary and I dare not turn on the basketball game uh, in the anniversary, even though I did watch the – I, 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 Okay, thank you, Chelsea. I caught the tail end of the fourth quarter. <laughs> 
the very tail end of the fourth quarter when we was trying to make that push. But um, yeah, so I missed a lot of this. So what I'm going to kind of do, kind of, uh, especially while Moles is uh, getting home and getting settled in, uh, I'm just going to kind of ask you questions as somebody who didn't get to watch the game and, you know, somebody that has watched the game, you kind of give mm-hmm. your insight on it. Okay. So, uh, so big story, Shea Alexander, he's back. Scored 32 points, 12-23 shooting, 2-6 from 3. Made all six of his free throw attempts. Six rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks. Uh, just turned the ball over two times. Like He was kind of like everywhere. Um, but it didn't seem to be the case in the first half. So uh, it kind of taught me through Shea's performance. Yeah, he started off really slow. Um, you know, shots that he typically hits, they just weren't falling. Middies, he was getting to the basket. But, I mean, it's the Timberwolves. The paint was really clogged between having Cat, Gobert, McDaniels is, I think, like 6'10", I believe, or 6'9". Um, so it was just a really clogged paint. It was hard for him to get his usual shots up. And even when he was getting there, he just wasn't really hitting the shots he normally hits. And then after that first quarter, I think the first quarter, he started like two for seven or something like that. And then he completely turned it around. He was dominant the rest of the way, hitting step back mid-range jumpers, hitting threes, um, attacking the basket, making it look easy, driving right past whoever they put in front of him, uh, getting to the line like he's been doing a lot over the past year or so. And he just looked like Shea. He looked like the guy that we all know he can be. Um, like you said, 32 points, six rebounds, five assists. I think he had three steals and two blocks too. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was doing everything. The whole team really looked solid defensively, but I was really impressed with how he played and just all around incredible performance from him. He really turned it up after that first quarter. It like took him like 12 minutes to shake off the rust from not playing in the preseason. And then he was back to being an all-star caliber guy. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I kind of made the tweet um, you know, the next day that, Shea is a uh, top ten in the score or in the league in scoring right now. So yes, he is. Uh, yeah, I I don't know how that stands <laughs> now with you know some other players having a game under their belt, but at the time he was up there with names like Luka Doncic, Demar Rosen. Um, there was a bunch of other players that I already forgot who who was up there, and they were all kind of like you know the the names that you think of when it comes to like scoring in bunches, and then De'Aaron Fox, and then Shea. <laughs> So, yeah, Shea, Shea was up there in elite company and scoring. You know, hadn't missed a beat. Uh, you know, like you said, just kind of shaking off the rust that a lot of guys get the chance to shake off in the preseason. Um, you know, kind of get their legs under him. You know, reaccustomed to the speed of the game. And you know, Shea. It is important to note that Shea did you know play um, you know international basketball in the summer in the off season, um, but. He also had an injury that he had to recover from. So it was a combination of like a bunch of different factors that he was working against. But, you know, the important thing, like you said, is he really he came out of that. And uh, what I kind of saw in the second half is his playmaking has like it's taken another jump because, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the the way that he was able to move the ball, you know, drawing the defenders and, you know, find the open man. Like it it was just effortless. So really Mm -hmm. enjoying what I'm seeing out of Shea. Um, Moles, I see you're back on here. Oh, no, just kidding. I have to add you in. Sorry. There you are. Uh, I see you're you back on here, dude. We're talking about Shea's performance. Um, you know, famously, I didn't watch the game. Uh, I know you probably watched the game. Uh, what what, did, what was your thoughts on Shea before we move on? So my day-to-day, for those of you who are looking uh, looking at my face, um, started pretty rough. I shaved uh, hastily 
I was kind of like not paying attention to stuff, kind of wasn't into my day. But then the day got progressively better. And then about like in the afternoon, I was just hitting on all cylinders. That's kind of how Shay's, he started off really low. It, he wasn't quite assertive uh, and, and in the flow of things. But by the time that we were cooking with gas um, in that third quarter, Shay was certainly in the middle of all of that. And we just got to see all the basketball that we've been robbed of uh, for large portions of each of the last two seasons. So um, thought it was a great performance, little sluggish in the first quarter, but that was his preseason. And uh, I, I'm really excited for what he's going to look like. There, there is no ceiling for him, uh, really, for what he accomplished. He's in uh, SGASG hashtag. Yeah, I'm hoping, think- man. I'm hoping we're manifesting. We're bringing it back. <laughs> Needed to happen. So, all right. So, obviously, Shay was like far and away like the story of the game, like the best part of the game. Uh, if you was to go to a second bright spot in this game, um, you can go a number of different uh, directions. But I'm going to go with the with the golden boy, the Wizard of Oz, uh, Josh Giddy. So, Josh Giddy finished the game. Didn't shoot quite as well as Shea, but he had 14 points on 6 to 14 shooting, 2 of 7 from deep. Um, no, no trips to the foul line, but he led the team in rebounds by a significant margin with 11, uh, had four assists and had two blocks to boot. So, uh, come Josh Giddy, man. Well, what'd you see out of him? Uh, typical Josh Giddy stuff. Um, you know, like you said, grabbing boards, he always seems to know where the rebound is going to end up. Uh, the whole team did a great job of team rebounding and mm-hmm. Giddy in particular did a fantastic job in that. There were multiple times because they've got Gobert, Towns, McDaniels. We've already kind of talked about it. Anthony Edwards is a high flyer. They've got a lot of guys that can go up and grab boards. And our starting lineup had one guy above like six, seven. Or, or well, there was Josh Giddy and Kenrich Williams who are both like kind of, you know, like six, eight, six, mm-hmm. nine ish. I think Kenrich is like what, six, seven. Uh, yeah, but Poku was, Poku was our biggest guy and he weighs about 30 more pounds than I do. And I'm a foot shorter. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it, it wasn't like we had a very big lineup out there against that Twin Tower team that the Minnesota Timberwolves have, but they did a great job of team rebounding, and Giddy was a really big part of that, boxing out, fighting, and just as the bigger guys on the team boxed out, he was searching out that rebound to kind of secure the possession. Playmaking was phenomenal, like it always is from Giddy, and I loved how aggressive he was scoring. He said he wants to be more aggressive. We saw a lot of the things that he worked on, knocked on a couple threes, and he missed five out of the seven of them, but I liked how aggressive he was being, and all of the misses, they just barely were off. So um, he was shoot like stepping into threes. He was hitting floaters. He had a mid-range jumper towards the start of the game too. He did a bit of everything. So it was just cool to see Giddy continue to be aggressive like that. And it's clear that him and Shea are getting better as a fit as time goes on. Yep, absolutely, man. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, I kind of tagged along there late in the fourth quarter. And it seemed like Giddy was getting every rebound, like, grabbing the rebound and initiating the offense immediately. And, you know, that that's definitely needed, you know, especially with the position OKC has found themselves in uh, with the lack of bigs, um, with the Chet injury, trading away Derek Favors, uh, and for whatever reason not starting Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, you know, Josh Giddy is going to find himself, uh, you know, kind of hunting for boards uh, a lot this season. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that part of the game – like really stood out to me. Uh, Moles, did you have anything to add about Josh Giddy? Just he's 
he's everything is advertised. Um, I'm, I don't want him to feel like he can't pull a three if he's got a clean look. Let it, let it go. I mean, that's we need you to get those reps in. Like, you're gonna miss a lot. That's fine, especially you know with a, a an overhauled shot. Um, I, I like the assertiveness though. I think, I think, man, once once him and Shay like get a little more time together. There, it's going to be really dangerous what that pairing could be uh, moving forward. We again, we are robbed of, of seeing a lot of that uh, because of uh, of Shea going after mm-hmm. we really asserted Giddy. Uh, I think what was it, the Phoenix Suns game last yep. year? So Giddy, he's he's all over the place. He he certainly is living up to the billing so far one season or one game, small sample size in the season uh, of being that potential like second star alongside Shay to, to really help springboard this, uh, this rebuild. So I, I don't have any qualms with anything I saw out of Giddy last night or two nights ago, excuse me. Yeah. And, and one more thing that I've heard that's kind of rang true even throughout the preseason is Giddy looks engaged defensively. Like he's actually putting an effort in on defense and, you know, we're not asking him to go out there and be Ben Simmons on defense. Like, that'd be awesome if if that was possible. Like, you know, Ben Simmons of old, I should say. Um, but, Thank God he's not Ben Simmons of present. Yeah, yeah, got a little bit. Yeah, he's willing. He's willing to let that thing fly. Um, but yeah, you know, just being in the right spots and like making effort to you know challenge and contest shots. Then yeah, like I'm I'm very pleased with you know Giddy's development and you know. The shots are going to fall uh, for him and his teammates because, I mean, I, I don't know how many potential assists he had, but it sounded like uh, there was a lot of shots left on the table last, uh, not last night on Wednesday. Shot fourteen to forty-five as a team from three, um, so I, I could just imagine how many of those were potential assists from Shea and Giddy. So, uh, but brighter days ahead, hopefully. Um, Let's move on to the next guy that I want to talk about, and that is Lou Dort, who struggled mightily shooting the ball. 10 points, 312 shooting, 1 of 6 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line, had three rebounds. Or, I'm sorry, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Uh, Cone, obviously, Lou Dort struggled shooting the ball with those numbers, uh, but Lou Dort is not necessarily known for his offensive output output it's his defensive effort and his impact uh was that ringing true on Wednesday night yeah his defense on Ant was great he played really great defense on Edwards and uh, you know we keep talking about like how it was really a team effort but it really does feel like this team is more cohesive than it's been in years past Mm -hmm. uh, especially defensively like there were a lot of times where it was like oh okay you know Lou Dort's gonna go out there and be kind of our defensive anchor most nights but everyone was kind of chipping in on defense and he was kind of the focal point of a lot of that uh getting in a lot of passing lanes kind of disrupting a lot of actions where he wouldn't always get the steal but it led to kind of like a rush shot or it just like he was just great at cutting off a lot of offensive opportunities for utah another piece of helping with that team rebounding so yeah he shot really poorly but the defense was there and just hustle plays like you're going to always get from lou Dort, and he was a big reason why despite the rough offensive numbers <laughs> he was a reason why we were close up in that game all the way until the end yeah moles what, what would you think about dort's uh effort on wednesday i mean defensively it's always there right he's he's mm-hmm. always the guy we can rely on and he can guard 
you know, essentially one through five uh, with with his build, with how he's able to get leverage, and just how feisty he is um, uh, around somebody either on or off ball. Uh, offensively for this season, great. Like you got the green light, bro. Just let it rip. You could do whatever you want to do, uh, because I think most of us are in the, you know, this is a year of of development still for a lot of these guys, and maybe with that development doesn't come all the wins that we want. But like next year, I, I think he forced his his will a little bit too much offensively instead of just letting it naturally come to him. He got he got the ball and thought, OK, like I'm the guy that needs to score 20 points a game for these guys. Um, and that's not necessarily what his role should be for us moving forward. It should be more organic within the flow of the offense instead of him forcing the issue. I think I saw a little too much of that um, in this game. But I mean, somebody had to score. And for a while we weren't, and then we were scoring in bunches when we went on that run. So I uh, can't really hate too much, but yeah, those, those, uh, those shooting numbers are not great. Yeah. And, you know, kind of, kind of testing to his defense, you know, Cohen said he did a great job of Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards, uh, spoiler alert, Jerry picked him to be most for his most improved player of the year. Um, obviously he's a guy that has a lot of promise. A lot of people think he's going to be an all-star this year and, now, I'm not taking anything away from Ant. Like Ant's great, um, but to to lose credit, uh, Anthony Edwards shot four of seventeen, one of seven from deep, and he had uh, two turnovers, five fouls. You know, it's hard to say how much of that was Ludor. I don't have matchup stats or anything like that, but uh, I just know like you know how physical Dort plays, and I saw a lot of clips of Dort, um, you know, kind of getting switched on to Carl Anthony Towns and kind of really making him work as well because. You know, I love Cat, but he's not the strongest or most physical guy. So uh, if you have a guy like Dort who's big, strong, and physical, you know, he could really make life miserable for him. And, you know, to same same thing, man. Like Cat shot two of ten on the night. So, I mean, uh, you know, the physicality that, you know, Mark's kind of been beckoning for uh, ever since the end of the season last year, you know, it's kind of, kind of coming to fruition. And uh, kind of touching on that physicality there, yeah, that 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 felt weird. Um, Eugene Omer Omerui. It was a good transition. Player. It was a good yeah. transition. <laughs> yeah, our two way player, man. Uh, I saw that he was getting a lot of run. I really liked what I saw on the defensive end, offensively. You know, he didn't provide much. Shot one of five. He had four points. He had five fouls, uh, four rebounds. But like just the physicality and his defense, I thought was was really impressive. Uh, Cohen, how, how'd you feel about our, our boy Eugene? Man, I, I was, I mean, he looked, he's looked good when he's played in the past, but he came in and immediately provided a spark. He was just really high energy, hustling after every ball, going for rebounds, like offensively and defensively fighting down low against these bigger guys. I was really happy with what I saw from him. Like you said, I was surprised at how much run he got, but Really, when he was on the court, we were just a better team last, uh, not last. Was it last night? No, it wasn't last night. Wednesday. Two nights ago. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, this is it, It's tough. The struggle is real. Here. Man, there's been so much basketball going on. My brain is fried. Um, but yeah, just he, uh, one of those guys that kind of comes in and you get that a lot of times from like uh, guys that go undrafted or like two-way guys, like trying to prove themselves. I mean, we saw that with Dort in 2020 when he came into things and he just kind of provided that spark. He came in as an undrafted player looking to make a mark. He was high energy like he always is and still is now. And there were some of the flashes there in Eugene where he was hustling, 
like I said, diving for loose balls and just kind of doing everything that the team needed from him. So I was really impressed with what I saw from him, and I wouldn't be opposed to him getting more run as time goes on. Yep, for sure. And, uh, you know, kind of touching on the offensive rebounds, like you said, uh, of the four rebounds he had, three of which were offensive. So that that that's a credit to the hustle. Uh, Moles, what did you think about Eugene's performance? Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to add. He did give us five quality fouls, and he was a big body to go against uh, the Twin City Towers or whatever. Uh, you want to call them? Uh, that was pretty was, good. I, I wonder if anyone uses that, Moles. That's really good. Makes sense. There we go. We could, uh, <laughs> you, you could throw that one in there. Um, up, up, you know, in, in, uh, in your, your elite NBA circles, you got that one. Uh, I'll throw that one out there. I'll, uh, I'll test the waters. <laughs> um, nice. really, I mean, the, the, the history of and guys like that are kind of like, in the fringes and and not in the, the limelight and he just comes in he gets a role and he works i mean if if this is the the roster that we're gonna have to have to work with he's gonna be a pretty big piece of what we got moving forward this year because we don't have a lot of big bodies to throw at people besides maybe um some cult uh you know thunder legend that we haven't discussed yet but uh i i really liked what he what he brought to the table he brought some physicality um maybe he's not as great of an athlete as like a serge abaca and he's not like that kind of like weak side defender but i certainly saw a lot of that grit from him down in the block so uh really really good defender i'm excited to watch him grow yep for sure man i uh it, it's funny uh, alex actually uh, tweeted uh, a thought that i had you know everybody was talking about lindy waters was the, the next two a guy that's going to look to try to get his contract converted, um, you know, based off, you know, his play and in, in the, in the season. And Wendy was inactive this game and Eugene took full advantage. And now Eugene might be a guy that, you know, down the season, um, down the line of the season that he might have his two way contract converted. So uh, yeah, v- very impressed with Eugene's play. I, I hope he can keep it up and, you know, we might, if we're starting Poku at center again, we might call on Eugene again, just to, you know, kind of i don't want to say rough up Jokic because that's not what we're doing just you know a physical body to throw at him and play good defense um so yeah it'd be interesting to see um those were kind of like the highlights of guys i wanted to talk about uh kind of want to <laughs> open it up to you guys uh let's we'll start with moles because i've been starting with cone every time here so uh moles uh what player do you want to highlight and talk about good or bad um so i'll leave uh i'll leave a certain guy who got fouled or took an elbow to the face and but still got a foul called on him i'll, I'll leave him to you <laughs> but i'll take the the guy we were just talking about and pokashevsky look if you could just like hit the men in black mind eraser and forget about the last like four minutes of the game like uh, dude balled out he had a really good game like he mm-hmm. looked like he belonged the offense like flowed well he was where he needed to be defensively like he was a connector. He finished some stuff. He was a plus five on the game, which looking at the plus minus, there weren't a lot of people in the plus for us. Um, three assists, seven boards, 11 points, one block. Like dude did a lot of work in 25 minutes, two for five. Like if I, if I was again, small sample size, but 
40% shooting from three for him. Like, yeah, thank you, Chip. Like, bet that that's what we need. And that's a that's a weapon. Somebody with his length and his like it or not, like sometimes he he throws the ball, you know, very lackadaisically into places, but sometimes he puts it on on a dime. He's got the passing capability. If he's got the ability to stretch out a team too and hit consistently from outside, that's going to open up so much for us offensively. You could tell he did a lot of work. Um, you, for the most part, he was very regimented for a big portion of the game. It's just that last four minutes, and then that that kind of sours everyone, and then they just think, oh, he played like trash. Poku's being Poku again, and that's really not telling the whole story for how he played. He did a good job, I, I think. I, I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, and I'll say yeah. just, you know, oh, go ahead, go on my bed. Oh, no, you're good. I was just going to agree with what Mole said. A lot of people are really hating on Poku because, yes, he got a little shot happy at the end of the game. Like Mole said, if you can kind of just erase those last couple minutes for, in like the totality of the game, he was really good. Like he legit looked like a real NBA rotational guy. All the stuff that we've been wanting to see from him. Solid defense, knocking down threes. The jumper continues to look better. He was aggressive, but albeit a little too aggressive towards the end of the game, mm -hmm. but he was just doing stuff that we needed him to do. Uh, another guy that was a big piece to why we didn't get destroyed on the boards is because of his team rebounding. He had a couple of times where he hit some really good box outs on Cat and Gobert, who are way, way bigger than him, probably like double his weight. Um, out there he did a good job of boxing them out using his length to tip the ball to other guys or kind of just get his you know use his arms that really disrupted some of the plays they were running I thought he had a really really good game it's a shame that it ended the way it did um, because I think it kind of overshadowed for some people but overall really solid game from Poku if he keeps playing like he did for most of the game he's going to take a big leap this season yeah and I, I'll just go ahead and say it because, you know, I did have a tweet uh, after the game, you know, kind of talking about, you know, everything you said, like, I agree with everything you guys said, like, you know, based on, you know, what I saw, like, uh, of the game, like, Poku played really good, you know, up until that moment. And I, I'm not even, like, trying to, like, murder him for this moment or anything like that. It's just, like, I think the reason that he's been thriving um, in this game and also in the preseason is for the first time really since we've drafted him, Poku's starting to really buy into his role. He's starting to understand that, like, okay, I'm a guy that kind of needs to be put. <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> All right, Poku came back and got me. He wasn't having that. <coughs> I know. Give me that water. <coughs> Thank you. The best part is this is on video. I know, man. Whew. Got me. Can't, All right. can't, slander, can't slander Poku, man. <laughs> I know. All right, but no, uh, uh, what I was saying was um, he's a guy that's kind of like, I kind of need to be put in a box in order to thrive because if, if you just let me roam free, crazy things are going to happen. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But if you box me in and like, you give me a role, and that's where I can really start to thrive. That's where I can, you know, focus on areas that can really, you know, help the game. Um, and that's what he did for, I'd say, more than 75% of the game. I'd say 85% of the game, you know, he really played his role the way he needed to play it. And honestly, like the two missed layups, like uh, that book in the three, 
I, I don't have a problem with the process of the shot. Like they were off assists, they were of semi clean looks. He just kind of, you know, like a lot of people have said, kind of short short circuited and missed it. But the three to me, that that is Poku busting out of the box, going back to his old habits, like dribbling in transition, pull up three. You've got Shea Gildas Alexander, one of the best clutch scorers statistically in the league in the past like two years. You've got Josh Giddy, one of the best creators in the entire league already at such a young age. I just wish like I there's a better shot to be had on that possession than a Poku pull up three. That that that's all I gotta say. Like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to just destroy the dude's career. Like I I was like I said, I'm I was very pleased with his performance. And you know, I would say ninety five percent of the game, like I was, I was thrilled with. It's just like that one thing, like old, old habits reared, reared its head on that one. And you know, if he can clean that up, I think you know, Poku's Poku's in for a really good year. I'll say on the the miss layups too, like a lot of that is the Gobert effect. But like Poku, what I do want to see out of him is him try to finish with you know authority and with strength and power around the, around the basket, instead of trying to more finesse it, like dude, you're seven foot in your own right. Like, bro, just, just to hammer it home or, or make a stronger move and, you know, make the defender play honest, make him make the play. If, if you flail, then the defender, you make his job easy. So uh, I just want to see more of that, like finishing strong around the basket, like play up to your size for him. Yeah, he um <laughs> there was the one time where he tried to dunk on Carl Anthony Towns, which was very fun. Um they called a foul on it. Cat thought he got a block. We we don't need to talk about whether it was a block or not, but I did like that like you said him going straight at Cat and saying rather than like, "Hey, I'm going to like try and do, shoot like a crazy like flip it up layup or something like that." He said, "I'm going to go right at this guy, try and dunk on him, try and make something happen there." And it was it was good to see. I liked it. Uh, it got me out of my seat. I was like, oh my god, did Poku just try and dunk on one of the best centers in the league? It was really fun. So um, yeah, rough end to the game for Poku, but overall it was it was pretty good. And I know you mentioned the guy that got hit in the eye and is now going to be out for like a week in J Dub. Um, we can't catch a break. Less than it is one game into the season. We have not played our second game yet. One rookie's out for the year with a list Frank. I still don't know how to pronounce that word. He has a list Frank injury. And then J Dub gets elbowed in the eye and he made his Instagram profile picture his swollen eye that is like swollen shut. He's an orbital fracture. He had Ball to get surgery. Me. Yeah, that's <laughs> J Dub's hilarious. Um, and so now he has to, you know, or I think he already did get surgery and he's going to be reevaluating in seven, 10 days. But what I will say is mask Jalen Williams is going to be first team all rookie within like two games. It's going to be a crazy time when he comes out there with the mask. Yeah, I can't wait to see him in that Santa mask, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe the NBA is allowing that on the court, but I'm the agenda is strong. <laughs> What would a it, Santa mask look like? Just like Santa's face? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, hey, just just get one of those like white beards and hats, like, mm-hmm. and it's got like a clear mask in the middle. Yes. I, I could, I could like it. I, I can dig it. I like it. Or hey, you could, uh, you could just get one of those clear masks and like paint a beard on it, and like the the start of the red hat on top of it. Yeah, 
you, you can workshop some things, but no, the, the Santa agenda is, is alive and well, it's actually growing by the day. Uh, had, had basketball reference uh, tweet at me indicating that uh, a future Santa nickname on the website could, could be coming down the pike. So that, that would be awesome. That was one of my goals and the bold predictions uh, for the season. So if that happens, then uh, I, I've said that I'm not going to shut down the Santa nickname, but I'll, I'll start referring to him as J-Dub as well because I've got my the, victory if that happens. The the eye emoji being tweeted at you, I'm like, man, Christmas came early for chats. It, it It's already happening. It's going to be official soon. Yeah, that was wild. And uh, shout out to my to my uh, brother-in-arms, Stephen Dolan, who uh, is, is right there with me on all the Santa puns. So, um, but no, man, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, what I got to see out of him. He only played six minutes before he got hurt. Um, but he made both the shots, nice little floater in the lane. Um, and then a, a three pointer that he stepped right into. Like, I mean, he looks comfortable out there. Like, you know, he looks like he belongs and, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how many times the thunder have been screwed over by an elbow to the eye. Like, you know, you, you think about the normal Noel thing, he got a concussion and they still called the foul on him. Uh, you think about Carmelo, um, you know, him getting ejected and now you got, uh, Santa, it happened to Santa. So yeah, yeah, unfortunate. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, he underwent successful surgery, I believe today. So they said that he would be reevaluated in seven to 10 days. So, yeah, hope all, all goes well for him and excited to see that Santa mask on the court. Me- uh, Meta world peace elbow to Harden also in our rich and oh, yeah. history. That that uh, was that was blatant though. <laughs> Russell Westbrook with the divot in his face. So like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of face stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was just talking about like that specific action, like the elbow and the and the face and whatnot, like uh, driving in. But yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Anybody else you guys want to talk about in this game? Anybody else that stood out to you, good or bad? Uh, we we won't talk about Ooze's performance. You know he. He was uh he was a little sheepish, um, but Jane Gang's still alive and strong. Uh, you know we're hopeful for the future. Uh, our guy Moose got in for a little bit, um, didn't wasn't able to knock down any threes, but you know pr- provided a body out there, had some nice box box outs, got three rebounds in his limited action. So uh, anybody else you guys wanted to shout out? Just a quick shout out to Trey Man. Looked good, played twenty three minutes, had twelve points. Uh, knocked on a couple of threes. Just cool to see Trey Mann doing Trey Mann stuff. Uh, looking at this box score again, it's crazy how many guys we played. We played 13 players. Mm-hmm. Like, we went really deep into the bench. And I'm curious if that's going to be a theme or if that's kind of just something that happened because, you know, J-Dub got hurt and things like that. But I guess we'll have to see. Uh, I was It was cool to see everyone get a chance to play. But, um yeah, I guess that's another thing to keep in mind. And I want to give a shout again to the team's defense. It was really impressive. We saw a lot of it last season. And I said the day before the Chet injury was announced that we were a borderline top 10 defense a lot last season. I could see us cracking barely that top 10 or being like 11 or 12, like right on that border mm-hmm. with Chet this year. And then the next day, Chet gets hurt or not hurt, but it's announced that he's going to miss the season. And it's just got me thinking about what this team would look like with Chet. And it just, like, it feels like this team's building towards a defensive identity, like, hardcore when we are getting back to competing. 
um, because, you know, we don't have the best defensive like talent in the league. Dort's a high level defender, but outside of him, no one on the roster is like a really high level defender at this point. There's a lot of guys with potential, but it's just mm-hmm. great team defense. And against a team that has a lot of bigger guys and a guy in Anthony Edwards, who is a big breakout candidate this season, it was just really impressive to see. So shout out to the guys on that one. Yeah, and Andre Van, you know, he made one of the one of the biggest buckets in the game there towards the end. Uh, we were down, what was we down? We was down four, I believe. And, um, you know, we had like 20-something seconds, and they inbounded it quick to Trey Mann, and he drove in. Gobert went out to contest, and he hit a floater. And, you know, then it came down to stealing the ball and, uh, you know, getting up a three. We almost did it. Gobert almost stepped over the line. Gobert almost threw it right right to us, and uh, I think they called a timeout. So, yeah, uh, yeah, shout out Trey Mann on that. Um, most do you have any, anything else to point out in this game? Just building block Baisley might be a thing, and, uh, you know, maybe not a big-time starter for us or anything like that moving forward, but he had a solid, solid box score, seemed to play really well on both ends of the floor, you know, within the the natural flow of the offense wasn't a, a sieve on defense did pretty well. So want to see like what his contributions look like um, because what we did not pick up our option on him. Right. Um, no. So, so he's going to be a free agent. So interested to see what that looks like and, and the burn he gets, but 17 minutes, pretty, pretty good production out of him. Yeah. I, I get that, and you know he he played good in this time, but I'm I don't know I I think I think it's beneficial for both parties uh, if we look to trade him to free up time minutes for guys like Ooze and you know more minutes for Santa and Poku and guys like that and somebody else who I thought had played great throughout the summer off season summer league preseason. Aaron Wiggins was a DNPCD in this game. And just got to say, I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all of that. I was surprised that he didn't get in the entire game. I thought I had missed an injury or something when I saw that he, or when he wasn't coming in the game and I checked and just didn't play. I don't know. Like, like you said, I love, he's a guy that I thought could get a start in this game or just throughout Mm -hmm. the season, he could pick up some starts at the four. I don't know. I just don't really know what happened. Like you said, it was surprising to see, especially when 13 players got in the game. He was one of the few ones that didn't. Yep. Especially with, you know, know, like like we said, Santa getting hurt and going out and ooze going in and kind of getting overwhelmed early on. Like you would think you would need some wing help a little bit there. And, you know, like like I said, Wiggs played great in the offseason. So I don't know. It's weird, but all right, let's let's move on from this game because we've been going about 40 minutes and uh, let's take a break to hear for a word from our sponsors. Hey, guys, just wanted to take a moment to give us a word from absolutely nobody. Well, actually giving you a word from us, because as I mentioned in the pod last week, we do have merch. Um, this is a podcast exclusive because as of this recording, I haven't put out any tweets about it. So for your exclusive chance to get our merch, go to shop.believe.com and search OKC that is if you want less of a player driven shirt uh, that's got a nice little uh, graphic of the cityscape and it has Oklahoma City it's a very clean shirt 
or if you want something a little bit more loud, you want something with that's a little bit more player driven, you can go to bonfire.com slash store slash topic dash thunder. Now on that we've got shirts supporting the Jane Gang. We got shirts supporting Chet Holmgren. Of course we got all the awesome Shea shirts. And of course, uh, we could throw it back. We've got the Thunder Nation shirt. We got I just want a hoop back in the Chris Paul era. And we've got the classic, the one that you need for this rebuild, Trust the Presti. So head on over to either one of those websites. That is bonfire.com slash store slash topic dash thunder or shop.believe.com and search OKC. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the pot. And we're back from our break and a word from our sponsors. And all right, guys. So um, neither one of you guys were on the podcast on Tuesday when we did our season preview, final predictions, all that stuff. Uh, it was me, Alex, Tierney, and Jerry. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you guys the award picks for Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved, Defense Player of the Year, and MVP. And I want to hear who you guys kind of side with. And if you're not feeling any of these picks, who your pick would be. So that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. All right, rock and roll. Let's so go. We're going to start with Coach of the Year. And uh, so Jerry picked Darvin Ham, the Los Angeles Lakers, which interesting pick at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pick that you can make. He's he's one of the coaches. <laughs> he's He's out there for sure. <laughs> um, Tyranny went with Chris Finch, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Alex went with Doc Rivers, the Los Angeles Clippers, and myself. I went with JB Bickerstaff of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, uh, Moles, who do you like of that crop, and who would you also throw in? I th- I think Bickerstaff is is a solid pick. Um, it's a little bit of a rough start right now for them, but it's a long season. And they're a really trendy pick to be a dark horse out east. So mm-hmm. I, I I gotta side with Bickerstaff. That that's a great pick. All right. How about you, Cam? <laughs> I like the Bickerstaff pick too. I think Cleveland's gonna be really good. But I will say Chris Finch was my pick before the season to win coach of the year. So I have to go with him. Um Darvinham, you know, I don't think the Lakers are going to be very good, so I don't know about that. I, I appreciate Jerry showing. So typically, Jerry and I are on the same page, but, you know, we'll see with the Lakers. They're shooting, I think, 19 of 85 to start the season from three through two games. So um, it's not going great over there uh, to start off things. Um, Doc Rivers, you know, I think the Sixers are going to be really good, but he's gotten beat and hardened, so I don't think he's going to get much consideration. Chris Finch was my pick, so that's the one I like. All right, so we got Moles. Moles got one for me, and Cone's got one for Tyranny. All right, moving on to Rookie of the Year. Uh, this one, it's kind of cheap because Alex picked Paolo and refused to pick another player, and, you know, Paolo's the favorite, so that's kind of boring, but it, it's okay. We love him at Paolo. Uh, Tyranny went with Jaden Ivey. Uh, Jerry went with Jabari Smith Jr., and myself, I went with uh, Benedict Matherin. So, uh, Cone, we'll start with you, man. Who, who do you like out of that crop, and who – <laughs> who would you throw into the mix? I mean, I think pa- it's from, kind of aside yeah, from Paolo. It's kind of unfair because Paolo is like the pretty obvious pick to win it. Um, you know, Chet was my pick before he got hurt because mm-hmm. I'm biased and I'm also a believer. Um, but then Paolo went out and had the first 25-5 five and 5 games 
for a rookie in their debut since LeBron James. So it's it's probably going to be Paolo, but Benedict Matherin was my other guy that when I was looking at this whole thing, I tweeted it out during the preseason. I was like, where can I find somewhere to put money on Benedict Matherin winning rookie of the year? Because, I mean, even tonight, I think he had 26 tonight against the Spurs off the bench. Uh, whenever Buddy Heald gets dealt, he's got to get back in that starting lineup because he's way too good to be on the bench. Uh, him and Tyrese Halliburton are going to cause havoc. And so I'm going to go with Benedict Matherin for this because I won't let Alex have the Palo point. Let's go. I like it. All right. What about you, Moles? I put money on a parlay before the season started. Um, not just before, like a couple months ago, maybe. Um, I took uh, Luca as MVP connected with Keegan Murray as rookie of the year. And I still think that, you know, Keegs has a chance, but it's it's not looking so good. Obviously, you know, after after seeing how things started, just Paulo just does he's he's such a force already, mm-hmm. and he's he's definitely got the greenest of lights uh, out there in Orlando. So um, maybe that's not looking so hot, but we'll see how I'm looking come like uh, late February, early March. Okay. Keegan's a good pick when, when he comes back, hopefully he gets back in that starting lineup. Um, I think he missed, I think it was health and safety protocols that kept him out. Um, so I, I like the Keegan pick too. That's another guy you could go with. Um, there's another guy that I wanted to mention that I can't Jalen Duran is a guy that was really, really good. Uh, him and Jay Nive are both really good for the Pistons too. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be a really tough all rookie race. Uh, so hopefully J Dub comes back with the mask, the Santa mask for you, Dylan. Um, yes. and immediately goes out and goes crazy. So hopefully, yeah, I need it. I need it. All Drops right. buckets on all them ho ho hos. Oh god, <laughs> that you're bad. you're on, you're on one tonight, Maddie. Oh my gosh, you're going crazy. <laughs> uh, Moles, I do have to ask though. Um, so based based on our picks, who, who are you siding with? You can have Keegs as your pick, but based on our picks, because I'm making this competition here. Uh, Paulo probably. Okay. So you're going boring yeah. too. That's cool. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, six man of the year. So this is one. Uh, Tyranny uh, went with Russell Westbrook. Um, Alex said Jordan Poole. And me and Jerry both said Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, uh, we'll go to Cohen on this one. Cohen, how are you feeling on six man of the year? My pick was Jordan Poole. I think the Warriors are going to be really good. He's going to put up buckets off the bench. I like the Brogdon pick a lot, though. He's really good. Uh, UVA guy, of course, so shout out mm-hmm. to him. I, I did um, shout you out in the last episode for that. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate it. See, you you know me. Um, but, yeah, I like, I like the Brogdon pick a lot. I think he brings a lot to the team. But I think uh, Jordan Poole's just kind of got that recognition that it's – he's also, I think, going to have more box score numbers. Brogdon might have a bigger impact – um then pool does just like overall but in terms mm-hmm. of box score i'm gonna go with jordan pool yep that is fair about you moles i'm boring jordan pool uh it's crazy that like how that roster is built he doesn't have a natural path to be a starter but that's just you know that that's how things are for them that that guy like he would start on how many other teams in the nba probably all but like five right like you he, they would find some place for him to start. It's just, it's really not fair to have him be a six man, but by virtue of the law, like that's, that's what it is. I think he's pretty much a shoe in for that. All right. It's a pool party at the top of Thunder. Um, 
almost said almost said house, but you know we don't have a house. So all right, moving on. Most improved player. Uh, this one, uh, let's see here. Tyranny went with Anthony Edwards. Alex went with Jalen Green. Jerry said Zion Williamson, which, okay. And uh, you, you guys know who I went with. And, I, do, uh, yeah, I don't so. know who you went with. Shay, man. Shay, <laughs> always. Shay is going to be an MIP, uh, my MIP pick until he wins it. And then, you know what? He's going to make another improvement and be, be my pick again. So, there you know. go. Where are you waiting? Um, so, it was Shay, Ant, um, Zion, Zion, and Jalen Green. Okay. Uh, my personal pick was Jalen Brunson uh, for New mm. York. I thought he was in a pretty good situation to make a jump as their – New point guard, um, being out of kind of the shadow of Luca for the first time. So he was my pick. Out of those guys, it's tough with most improved player because, like, first of all, I want to say with Zion, Zion averaged 27 points per game last time we saw yeah. him play. So <laughs> it's going to be hard for him to win it. Uh, and then with Jalen Green, like, second year players never win the award. So it probably won't go to him. Mm. I don't know. And then with Shea, it's kind of tough because he averaged. 20 what was it 24.7 by the end of last year but you know what i'm biased i'm gonna go shade too let's go let's go you, you won me over by picking a thought you could have picked only thunder players and you would have won this as a clean sweep from me <laughs> all right about you bulls i'm actually gonna side with uh cone's first choice i think brunson's gonna have all the opportunity to to ball out in a big market that went out of its way like literally went out of its way to bring him in so uh, by moving pieces around, freeing up cap, all that stuff. So like people are going to like NBA folks knew who he was, but like he could become a household name uh, really by the end of the season, especially coming out of New York and what that market looks like. So, yeah, I got to I got to go with Brunson. I, I wish that uh, Cone, you got to stick to your guns there, man, because I'm on board with you. Oh, hey, huh. he's sticking with his guns. He's just picking from our crop. Like, you're supposed to, moles, okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, Brunson, I mean, he definitely made a name for himself in the playoffs last year. And uh, I, I didn't get to see, how, how do you do this first game? Uh, he's been pretty good so far for them. Nothing, like, too crazy. Um, let me pull up the box score real quick to get his exact numbers. Um, you know, he, tonight he had 17-2-6, a steal, Nothing too wild. He only played 28 minutes. Um, the Knicks played a lot of guys. Emmanuel quickly played like 27 minutes. So um, they were also blowing out the Pistons. So he didn't need to play very much. Um, so not a great start through two games. Um, but of course, you know, two games don't mean much unless it means that Shea's in the top 10 scores, in which it means a lot. It means so everything. It means a lot for the Shea most improved player um, debate. There you go. Yes. 15, 15, 6, and 9 so far in two, uh, for for Brunson. So, like, eh. So far? I mean, hey, that's, 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 that's all right. Good. How much time Got is it. left? Oh, no, I was saying that is is one game played, one game started. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. There's, 80, the, the there's nine, 80 games left, Dylan. The, okay. The, <laughs> The nine's pretty impressive, though, on the assist numbers. He did. He didn't quite get that much opportunity to facilitate in Dallas. So, no. All right, that's all fair. All right, let's go to the deep way. And uh, this one, we got Tyranny going with Rudy Gobert. 
uh, Alex went with Giannis. I went with Anthony Di- Anthony Davis in a resurgence year, and uh, Jerry went with Kawhi Leonard in a resurgence year. So, uh, Moles, let's go to you, man. Who who you siding with and who you picking? I I think it's it's got to be Rudy Gobert, just because he's going to be able to like play within his role. That they're going to facilitate so much to him. It's a sexy pick to to jump on that bandwagon. Just like I, I said with like Cleveland being trendy out east, mm-hmm. Minnesota is trendy out west. And I think a lot of people want desperately to see Minnesota succeed. And so if they're hovering anywhere around like say the five seed, he's he's gonna be very, very strong in contention for that. So yeah, Rudy Gobert for sure. All right, but you come. Gobert was my preseason pick. Um just really having the spotlight on him going to Minnesota, one of the biggest moves of the offseason, only up there with Donovan Mitchell, his former teammate, going to Cleveland. So I think Rudy Gobert, I'm also a big believer in Gobert. I think he's going to transform that defense a lot, even though they lost to Utah tonight. But Utah's 2-0. They're probably going to win the championship anyway, so no shame in losing to a contender. Uh, I just think there's a big spotlight there. Minnesota, I think, is going to be really good and better defensively than they were last year. So I think Gobert takes home the award. All right. And uh, MVP. So uh, Alex had John Morant, who looks looks great so far. <laughs> yeah, he's doing pretty well. Yeah, Tyranny's got Luka. Uh, Jerry has Jokic with the three-peat. And I have Jason Tatum. Uh, Moles, I know you already picked Luka. So we will just pencil that in for you. Uh, Colin, where, where are you at on MVP? Uh, I went with Joel Embiid before the season. He hasn't had a good start to the year, but he's going to turn it around. He'll be fine. Uh, but out of those picks, the one I probably like the most is Jason Tatum. Um, Let's go. It's it's really hard to three-peat as an MVP in the NBA. Like mm-hmm. Jokic, the Nuggets would have to – well, I picked them to get the one seed, and they're up 18 right now in the Warriors, so maybe they do it. Um, but like – to three-peat in the NBA, voter fatigue is crazy. He would have to put up ridiculous numbers, which he can do, but he's going to have to outplay other guys. And through the first couple of games, the Celtics have looked really good and Tatum's looked incredible. Uh, I've said over the past year or so that I think he gets an MVP at some point. So if they go out and get a one seed, I don't see why he can't take it. I just don't think the Mavericks are going to be good enough for Luka to get it, despite how good he's probably going to be. So Dylan, I'm going with you. All right. I like it. Yeah, I uh, I picked Tatum because, you know, obviously the skill level, um, but, you know, the bounce back from the finals loss and the, uh, you know, the narrative-driven nature of the MVP, um, you know, overcoming all the Ime Adoka stuff. Um, and, you know, like I said, like I, I, I've said a million times, like I just think that the Celtics might have the best roster in the league. Like they had their nine-man rotation that went to the finals and they got they added Malcolm Brogdon without having to sacrifice anybody in that nine-man rotation, like, that's that's crazy to me. So, yeah, I, I Tatum's, Tatum's definitely my pick. So, all right, let, let me tally these up. Let me see who won. So, got one I will I will say, Morant dropped 49 tonight. Like, Yeah. Oh, he's fun. He's so fun. He could have had 50, and he, he was passing the ball to his teammates to get the free throws instead of him, so. think it might be a tie between me and tyranny it is it's a tie between me and tyranny that's just that's that's quite upsetting i can't i can't lie. all right here 
go through your go through both of your lists, and Maddie and I will pick whose list overall we like better. Mm, okay, to, so to I the tie. Okay, I got JB Bickerstaff, Coach of the Year, Bandit Mathurin, Rookie of the Year, Malcolm Brogdon, Sixth Man of the Year, Shea, Most Improved. AD, Defensive Player of the Year, Jason Tatum, MVP. And then Tyranny has Chris Finch, Coach of the Year, Jaden Ivey, Rookie of the Year, Russell Westbrook, Sixth Man of the Year, Anthony Edwards, Most Improved Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, and Luka Doncic, MVP. Maddie, what do you think? I'm on board with the last two for Tyranny, but I think overall the list is better for for chats let's go i think i i think i have to agree tyranny i have a lot tyranny i have a lot of similar ones but there are a couple where we're very different on them um so i'm gonna give it to you dylan it's not just because you're here (laughs) hey that that means a lot that means a lot truly does yeah when he said when he was like queuing up the rest thing we was reading off the same odds and he read the odds and he was like you know it's a guy he's near and dear to our hearts i'm like Tierney started tonight. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, he'll eventually qualify. He'll eventually qualify, uh, though, right? You think? I hope not. Yes. It would make me really sad if he does. Yeah, yeah that's would. true. I mean, there's there's no telling what's going to happen with that dumpster fire, man. That that whole roster is just like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, I don't know how you get three stars in LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, who all all you have to do for them is put shooters around them, and they didn't get a single shooter around them. <laughs> I just don't know how you have all three of those guys that need them. And, you know, like, like I said, they're shooting 22% through two games. They are 19 of 85 from three. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it was uh, – it, it's a tough look for everybody. Well, like, obviously, Russ, like, struggled, like, mightily last night but like you look at the box score for everybody else and nobody else shot a great percentage either so i mean no. you know russ is obviously the scape scapegoat because you know a goose egg is a goose egg and it doesn't look great but it's not great elsewhere like their problems are bigger than russell westbrook so yeah absolutely so let's jump into the last part of this podcast and we're going to preview the rest of the month and you know just kind of kind of give our picks on you know if we think that we're going to win these games and boys it's a doozy the rest of the month (laughs) um so starting off we've got the thunder versus the nuggets tomorrow night in denver uh then we have the timberwolves at er, coming to okc on sunday so second i have a back-to-back for the thunder uh then we go no sorry uh the clippers come to okc tuesday and then they stay again and play on thursday that's really interesting that they're playing back-to-back games in okc skirvin hotel gonna get them skirvin gonna get them (laughs) we gotta queue up the haunted hotel boys uh and then uh the dallas mavericks we will go to dallas uh next saturday uh, october 29th and that will end the month of october uh those are five projected playoff teams in the western conference uh i am going to I'm going to say we win one of those games. I'm not going to pick which game, but I'm going to say we win one of them. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'll go we win one of them. It's going to be a we have a ton, they gave us a crazy organic tank schedule to start the season. It yeah. is ridiculous how many great teams we play right off the bat. 
Um, yeah, I'll go with one. You know, maybe we take one of those Clippers games when they're resting a bunch of guys, although they still, even if they, they could rest their top three players and still have like 10 or 11 NBA caliber guys. Um, or maybe like the Nuggets game where they're, you know, maybe they're resting Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we got a game off them last year. So we'll see, but I'm going to, yeah, I'll say we take one. All right, what about you, Moles? I say we go perfect. We do not win one game. I was, I was very confused with what you did. <laughs> I was also really confused. I was like, please elaborate. Perfection in my book. Yeah, it's funny you talk about, like, you know, the, the organic tank thing with the beginning of the year because the Jazz were, like, the team that everybody had penciled in to be, like, the worst team in the Western Conference. And they still very well may be. But, like, you know, winning those first two games, uh, I mean, specifically against the Timberwolves and uh, and the Nuggets, like, you know, these are two teams that we're talking about that we're probably going to lose. We already have lost to the Timberwolves. Uh, they were able to, you know, win those games. And, like, we've seen in the past two years how marginal this whole lottery system can be. Like, you know, it could just be one win, one loss, and that could be the difference in the, you know, draft position. So um, it, it is it's definitely interesting to see how how it's all going to be playing out. Uh, very excited to see Shea Ball again. Um, he always plays well against the Nuggets. Um, you know, just want to see if he can, you know, kind of come out just swinging from, from the jump. And that, that was one thing that I forgot to mention when we was talking about the game. Um I feel like Shea was a lot more aggressive at the beginning of the game than he usually is. And maybe that was because it was the first game of the year. Maybe it's because, you know, he was trying to, you know, shake out of that funk very early on. But it feels like last year and especially the year before, um, Shea always kind of came out and picked his spots a little bit early in the game. And then, you know, as the game developed and got, you know, into the later stages, that's when you really start to take over. But, I, I think he shot like I think he had like eight shot attempts uh in the first half or first quarter alone. So I like an aggressive Shea. Yeah, I know we've seen him be like like you said, really selective to start games. It was cool to see him right from the get-go in attack mode. It'll be interesting to see if that's like a consistent thing that he continues to try and do to set that rhythm early. Um, but Kind of, I guess something I didn't really touch on when we talked about Giddy is uh, I thought him and Shade did a really good job of playing off the ball with each other, um, taking turns, you know, and if it didn't feel like, oh, your turn, my turn, it felt very organic. Uh, they ran a lot of off ball actions for Shea that I felt like got him in a lot of his good spots early too. So maybe that was part of it as well, kind of just being aggressive. So maybe that's what it kind of is. But like you said, it was really nice to see him be aggressive from the get go. And hopefully that continues to be the case because that's what allowed him to, you know, get some of those misses out of the way and really lock in for the rest of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, if we're going to talk about things we missed, like, I did mean to mention this in the recap, but, you know, we, we kind of hammered Blue Dort for his offensive performance, but there was one play in the game where uh, the shot clock was winding down and Jay McDaniels got switched up to him and he was on the right wing and we kind of drove down the right side of the three-point line to the corner and he did a reverse snatchback dribble, pull-up jumper. Like, it, it was clean. Like, that was – such a sick move. Like we, we just had we had to mention that. On Jay McDaniels too, who had has been a great defender since he's been in the league and was a great defender on that night. So 
shout out Lou for that move. Like that move was chef's kiss. Yeah, Lou, um, like you said, rough game for him overall, but I like the shots that he was taking. They're shots he typically hits, and they'll eventually fall. We know with Lou, it's kind of hit or miss some nights. So um, he'll, he'll be he'll be back. Lou will be back. I've got I've got a good feeling about it. This next game, um, you know, if sports betting is legal where you are, bet uh, your entire home on a Lou thirty bomb is what I'm feeling. So go for it. All right. So this is uh, oh oh, let's get a Doherty forty in here, Cone. A Doherty forty. Give me give me a Doherty forty, maybe a Giddy fifty, a Shady eighty. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any more. That, that's all I got. I thought I thought they were going to keep coming. I, uh, I would take I would take a Chet one just to see him play. Yes, please. Yeah, Chet Chet's uh Chet's been making me sad. He's I mean he's been very active on social media because he's been so bored. Um, mm-hmm. and also like you know. He uh he quote tweeted uh friend of the pod Sarah Sarah Sellers um you know he quote tweeted her art and was like yo can I buy this because you know he, he appreciated it so much so shout out Sarah shout out Chet that was a really cool moment and had Thunder Twitter buzzing um last thing I kind of want to do to end this pod you know we talked about previewing this game we already talked about how you know me and Cone think we might win one and Maddie's just like no nah, it's not happening um. But that doesn't mean that our players can't be successful. So if we're picking an MVP for this five-game stretch, who's your MVP? We'll start with Moles. Uh, it's going to be Getty. I think he gets uh, at least – no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bold. He gets two triple doubles within the next five games. Okay. Oh, Manny Moles like it. putting a stake on it. All right, what's got uh, going Shay, you know, it's I'm going to be boring because I thought Maddie was going to take him and then I was going to have to say someone else, but because <laughs> he left him for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Shay averages. Shay has a couple more 30 pieces over this five game stretch. And by the end of it, um, he's in conversations for Western Conference Player of the Week. Mm, I need that. that. That's great for my MIP agenda. So MIP, ASG first team or not first team sorry all, all nba first all team NBA. all nba dylan say it with your chest yeah you heard me you heard me um championship yeah no my gosh if i'm gonna pick i mean shay is obviously my pick like i think shay's gonna just really come out and like remind people who he is but if i'm going with somebody besides shay besides giddy i mean the easy answer would be dort but i don't want to be easy here i'm gonna i want to be different I'm gonna say Poku. Listen, I don't hate the guy. I think that if he's, you know, if he's playing his role, he stays in his box. He does the things that he's supposed to do. He's doing good. I, I think he could thrive. I think he can really help this team, and not just this team. I think that he can be a key piece to the team down the line when we're competing, if he sticks to the things in the box. So. Uh, in the box, Poku is my my MVP for the five game stretch. How many thirty pieces in these next five games from Poku? At least seven. At least seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would have gone. I, I would have gone eight, but whatever. It's fine. You know, hey, I thought well, you liked him. Whatever. It's fine. He did try to choke me earlier, so that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Uh, I, I think I think that's it, boys. Um, yeah, we, we won't do a share now. We've gone an hour. We'll, we'll go ahead and end it. So, uh, come, Moles, it was great to see your faces. Great to hear your voices talking on the pod. 
Um, excited for what we got coming up this season. We got some more, you know, consistent schedule. Uh, we're going to have more rotating, um, rotating pod rotations. I just said rotating twice. You know, you're going to see different people with different people on the pod more often. We're going to have some more guests, obviously, and uh, it's going to be a fun season. So definitely keep it here on top of Thunder for uh, for all your Thunder content. So that being said, on behalf of myself, Cone, Maddie Moles, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder, thunder up. up. Yes, sir. Hey, you're... Thank you for listening to the Top of Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.